It's time for episode 115 of the Clockwise Podcast from Relay FM, recorded Wednesday, December 2nd, 2015. Clockwise, four people, four technology topics, 30 minutes. Welcome back to Clockwise, just another two-hour-long tech podcast, uh, if you listen to four in a row. I am your host, Jason Snell, and across the internet for me, my co-host, Mr. Dan Morin. Hello. All right, Jason, we could probably make the podcast longer. We just talk slower. That's true. We don't, you know, people don't want long, some people want long podcasts, but we want to provide an alternative, and that's why in Clockwise Land, it's a 30-minute long podcast, at most, at most. Clockwise Land is a problem, though, because you can only drive in one direction. That's it's very frustrating. That's, it's hard to get places. That's uh, true. And everything's a traffic circle. Everything, everything. We call them rotaries, Jason. All right, whatever. We're, we're very strange here in New England. Roundabouts. Whatever you like. Uh, we're joined, as always, by two fine guests to talk about four technology topics with us in less than half an hour. To my left is Micah Sargent, newly the host of the Cartoon Cast on the Incomparable Network, among other things. Hi, Micah. Hello, hello. Yes, exciting stuff. <laughs> yeah, it's good to have you here. Welcome. This is your first time on Clockwise, but uh, I I understand you you listen to the podcast, so hopefully you know how this works. Yeah, something about uh, going in a counterclockwise circle and uh, talking about nerdy topics. Is yep. that what we're doing here? Just He's wait, got it nailed. Just nailed. wait until the lightning round and it'll all become awesome. clear. Uh, and to my left, a returning guest who hasn't been with us in a while, but we're glad to welcome her back. It's Macworld staff writer, Caitlin McGarry. Hi, Caitlin. Hi, thanks for having me. We are glad that you were able to join us once again. Yeah. It's been too long. Thank you. It has. It has. <laughs> Caitlin is high up on our on our top guest list, but uh, it's been it's been too long. So she's back in the mix now. She's back turning clockwise. Uh, let me start this show with my topic. It is... We have passed through Black Friday and Cyber Monday. <laughs> through the Valley of Death. really a thing? <laughs> and the Valley of Death, too. Many trees have been chopped and put in homes. Uh, it's peak shopping season. And I was just curious, um, where do you all do most of your shopping? Ho- whether it's holiday shopping or general shopping, are you doing mostly online stuff? Do you still go to physical stores? I'm just a little curious. I want to take, a, you know, take the temperature here and get a sense of uh, where people are shopping these days. Micah? Well, okay, so most of my shopping probably takes place on Amazon, and that's because, I don't know, I'm, I'm just one of those people who doesn't really like to, to get out and, and, and go to the store and be around a bunch of people, and so, you know, from the comfort of my home on, on my couch, I can just uh, pop open Amazon on uh, my, you know, my phone, my computer, and find what I need, and the best thing is when you have Amazon Prime, because then you can, you know, it's like three days before Christmas or whatever holiday you celebrate and you need to get a gift to one of your family members and Amazon takes care of it and gift wraps it and does all of that. So I find myself using uh, Amazon all year round, but especially around the holidays, because when I've got folks all over the U.S. and and everywhere else, it's it's very easy to just go in and uh, get all of the shopping out of the way. Uh, yeah, I probably like Mike. I rely heavily on Amazon. I'd say maybe maybe like an eighty twenty breakdown as far as percentages for like online versus in store shopping. I try to do some in store shopping because I think the nice thing about that is you find things that you can't get on Amazon. Um, so I try to frequent some local stores that make you know either like sort of handcrafty things um, or just you know things that aren't necessarily available mass market wise because it's it's nice to find something that isn't like oh yes we've seen you know there are hundreds of people. 
receiving the same gift this year. Thousands of people. Um, so I like to break it up a little bit, but I, you know, like Mike said, the convenience of online shopping is just too much. Um, I try to, I do some stuff through other online sites as well. I just bought something um, from uh, Etsy and, you know, I bought some stuff from some other places. So uh, online shopping certainly has the convenience factor going for it. And with stuff like Etsy, you can find things that are a little more on the handcraft end of uh, end of the aisle. Um, but I, I like to break it up a little bit and, and do some shopping in different places. In particular, there's a really good uh, place in, in Somerville, my town, that uh, makes chocolate in Somerville from start to finish pretty much and it makes great chocolate Jason can vouch for that I I think I gave him some it's so good yeah, uh, it's very good. So I like to pop into their store here and uh, and buy some stuff for family members. So yeah, it's it's good to have a little bit of mix of things. Caitlin? Yeah, I'm um I'm a little bit of a deal hunter. So I like to shop in store and then see if I can find a better deal online, which is, is kind of horrible. I should support businesses, but um I just I don't know. I get so overwhelmed in the store and I, I like being able to compare prices. Um, but I, I do like to go pick things up at uh, local Brooklyn shops because like Dan was saying, there's tons of cool, you know, small batch chocolate makers. And, um, I just bought uh, a secret Santa gift for someone who's hopefully not listening. Um, but it's an in-flight cocktail kit. So you, you bring all of the um, the accessories and all they have to do is buy buy the booze on the plane um, and that's a, a, a Brooklyn shop so I thought that was pretty cool um, but I bought that online so <laughs> I don't know if that really counts but online is is the way to go for me I feel like well I guess everybody should tear down their brick and their mortar <laughs> it's over We're, uh, other than Dan doing his occasional shopping and Caitlin using <laughs> it to to check out what products she should buy online it's tough it's tough I don't like going uh, I don't like shopping and I've got a little I, I my family uh, there's there's a lot of people in my family who have claustrophobia and I don't really have that but large crowds especially like shopping mall crowds uh, really kind of creep me out so I have a hard time shopping during the holidays especially the rest of the time of year it's okay but during the holidays it's really hard so I'm I'm really happy to have online shopping. Um, we do a lot of it there. I mean, the grocery store is still a classic. We haven't yet outsourced that to a man in a truck who brings us our groceries. But all other shopping, I'm doing it online, uh, mostly Amazon. Uh, but also, sure, you you look for some stuff on Etsy. Uh, I, I picked up some really funny, uh, cool stuff on eBay, actually, lately as holiday gifts. kind of kind of vintage stuff that uh, really is a perfect match for the person that I'm giving it to. So uh, lots of lots of great stuff there. And I found out that I can uh, I can order that chocolate from Dan's Town uh, online. So no! and have it shipped to me. <laughs> so I win. Uh, you ruined everything, Jason. Thanks to thanks to all of you. That was fun, Micah. It's your turn. What topic do you have for us? Yeah, so Windows, or rather Microsoft, uh, has decided to bring Cortana, that's its uh, assistant, its virtual assistant, not just the Halo character, uh, to iOS. So right now, Cortana is in beta uh, for 2,000 lucky people, of which I was not one, despite signing up, darn. Um, But there are uh, 2,000 test flighters out there right now trying out Cortana. So I'm just curious... A, how often do you use Siri? And could Cortana, uh, this this third party virtual assistant, replace your your dear Siri? And why? Well, I, I use Siri a decent amount, uh, especially when I'm in the car, thanks to the successes ability to use the uh, the Ahoy telephone. I'm going to say, Jason, <laughs> uh, uh, capabilities. Smart move. Uh, when you're without even being plugged in, which is great. 
certainly convenient for hands-free driving. It's not always the best. It still has trouble understanding things. There's still limits on what it can do, but it works pretty well. Um, I haven't used Cortana at all. Uh, I have used OK uh, Google a little bit, and I'm sure I just triggered that for a bunch of people. You're welcome. Um, but uh, I, And I'm not sure about a replacement possibility. I think the biggest problem is Cortana is still going to be limited to being an app on the phone. Uh, and so not having the ability necessarily to use it with the, the high level of integration that Siri has, I think will probably make it more uh, limiting uh, and perhaps less useful if you have to go find the app, launch that, and then you know sort of come up with your queries to do there. It certainly won't have the control over the hardware that Siri has. So there, there's a lot of challenge there. And I think you know Microsoft certainly wants to position that as something to show you how great Cortana is and how you should switch to a Windows phone or Windows 10. Um, that's the you know bold move on their part. I'm not sure that's going to pay off. Uh, I, I will say, however, that I am much more interested in the fact that they're also supposedly bringing Cortana to the Xbox One, which I have, um, and that could be exceedingly convenient. Uh, anybody who has read my post knows I love voice-based intelligent assistants. <laughs> I have like four of them. Um, so having that on the Xbox is actually something I'm really looking forward to because there are a lot of features of the Xbox that are kind of annoying to deal with. Um, but I'm not sure that Cortana on the iPhone is a big winner. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to try it out to see what the advantages are. But uh, because iOS is so walled off, and as you were saying, Dan, it's just an app on the phone, I can't imagine how Cortana would be more useful than Siri or if Cortana can do things that Siri can't do. I, I just can't imagine that that's going to happen. But um, I'm, I'm curious to try it, and I'm, I'm sure there are some benefits. Um, I like that Microsoft is opening up and making iOS a priority. I think that's only a good thing. Um, and I actually don't use Siri a whole lot. I use Siri mostly for Apple Music, which is um, such a huge, huge advantage in my opinion. Um, and I obviously use it a ton on Apple TV, but uh, I don't drive. And it's really awkward walking around New York trying to use Siri because <laughs> she can't really understand you. There's too much noise and people look at you funny. Um, so yeah, I'll, I'll try it out, but I, I can't imagine that Cortana will be more useful than Siri. Yeah, I think you guys have all uh, nailed it, which is that the OS integration is the thing that, that tips this over for, for Microsoft on its on its phone uh, OS and Google on its phone OS and Apple on its. That I, I suppose you could use Siri to open the Microsoft <laughs> app and then talk to Cortana. But that and I think the Google app does this too already. That you yeah. have the voice access on the Google app. So this isn't really this is just an, another iteration of that from another company. But they don't have that they don't have that deep integration short, short of you. Like I said, launching their app using using Siri. I I'm using Siri more now. Um, uh, having switched my I, I switched my uh, shopping list app to AnyList, which has a reminders integration, and you can add reminders using Siri. So I'm able to add items to my shopping list now, um, and that's pretty great. And that that is a context where it's much better for me to shout at my phone than it is to pick it up and tap things into it because I'm usually in the kitchen with my hands full, or like I've got food on my hands and I'm cooking something, and I realize. 
realize that I've run out of an ingredient. Um, and so I'm using it more for that, too. There are good contexts where Siri makes sense. Setting timers is a classic one that is always great. So, uh, you know, I, I think that this voice stuff is 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 good. But as long as the OS is, uh, you know, going to get going to give the primacy of of, uh, of voice control to its own its home team. Right. Then the then the other ones, you know, it, it, it makes sense to me if you're somebody who's so deep down in Microsoft's ecosystem that you you want to use Cortana because it's going to give you access to all the other stuff that it knows about. Just like with Google Now, um, talking to Google's app gives you access to all the Google stuff. But uh, otherwise, you know, it's always going to be a second string player compared to Siri, I think. Yeah, absolutely. I think you all uh, pretty much nailed it on the head. So I do want to talk about how uh, integration is a huge problem. And I, I was able to see, watch a video of uh, someone beta testing the app. And so if you want to send a text message using Cortana, you open up the app and you tap the little microphone. And yes, you have to tap the microphone. You oh. can't uh, trigger it with an <laughs> Ahoy telephone kind of response. Um, and then you say, uh, send a text message to blah, 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 that says blah, blah, blah. And here's where things get interesting. It then pops up a share sheet featuring an iOS message that uh, fills in the blanks of your contact and your message. And then you have to tap send through <laughs> iMessage or, or through through messages. And uh. then it slides away and Cortana says, I've sent your message. No, Cortana, you didn't send my message. So <laughs> yeah, integration is a huge problem. And, and again, uh, going off what Jason said, frankly, Google at least has all of that data, you know, a lot of us are plugged into Google. And so using Google now, using the Google app on your on your iOS device makes a little bit more sense because Google's pulling from your Gmail account and from, you know, your calendar information and all of these different things. Whereas Cortana doesn't really offer a whole lot, I guess, in, unless you're using a, um, you know, a, a Windows account that has all of your data plugged into it. So there's not a huge value proposition. And when it's just using the built in functions of your device, it doesn't really make sense. All right. Uh, I think we've... Poor Car Sorry, Cortana. Cortana is still in limited beta, and we have beaten it to death on iOS already, but that's okay. It happens. That's what we do here. We're two topics in. We have two more topics to go, uh, but it is halftime, and so we would like to thank our halftime sponsor. Our halftime sponsor this week is Tom Bin, uh, dot com. Tom Bin designs and makes travel and laptop bags in their Seattle factory. They are fans of this show, Clockwise. They support the show by buying this ad and because they're fans of the show and know that we're on a limited time clock and uh the more we have ad talk the less we have talk talk we're going to get back to the show so here we go dan what's your topic well there's been a lot of talk this week about apple removing the headphone jack in the next version of the iphone obviously some people are very concerned about that others saying well it seems to kind of fit with uh what we expect from apple to constantly phase out every single possible connector on all of their devices uh so my question for you guys is what do you think about the likeliness of this and uh how do you feel about it caitlin so it seems like this rumor has been swirling for maybe more than a year. I feel like I've read about this um, every couple months. It sort of pops up. Um, and I'm, so I'm not sure that it's actually imminent, but I'm going to be honest. I don't really care if my iPhone is thinner. Like I want a bigger battery. I want, you know, longer battery life. Like these are the things that I think people care about um, less, you know, 
how thin or how thick it is. I feel like we've reached a point where that's not a huge concern anymore. I mean, I get it and it probably wouldn't be such a big deal. We'd all get used to it. Um, but I don't, I don't really love this idea. I don't know. I'm, I'm open to it though. I I'd like to hear your guys' thoughts on it. Yeah, it's, uh, I, I, I'm, I'm really torn. This is totally something that Apple could do. Um, I really don't want them to do it. <laughs> I can see them doing it. I can see them doing it. Uh, it's such an Apple. It's like, oh, well, we got rid of it because it made it thinner and because that's an old technology and we want something new and it's all digital and isn't that great. But the fact is, it, it, it's a standard. It's a standard that everybody has. It. Every pair of headphones made you know, practically in the last century use this standard. Now, this that means, yes, it is ancient. Uh, but... But if you get rid of it, you're not replacing it with something. If they replaced it with something that was a standard so that, like, look, in the future, all headphones are going to have this, I would be okay with it and going through the pain of the adapters. But if it's going to be lightning, it's like literally you're either going to have to have an adapter or you're going to have to buy headphones that have lightning on them, which won't work with anything else because lightning is not something that is going to ever appear on anything else but these Apple products. And I think that's dumb. I think it makes the iPhone, uh, if, if this were to happen, an incompatible product. Because everybody's going to be like, oh, yeah, you know, yeah, you, if you want to use any headphones other than Apple's, you got to buy you got to buy a dongle for $19 or $29 or whatever it would cost. And that is uh, that that's dumb. I think that makes the product look bad. And it would be really easy for Apple to kind of poo poo uh, third party headphones and say third party headphones aren't that important. Um, but, they, you know, they just spend a lot of money to buy beats. Right. So I think that 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 is the counter argument is no people actually really like buying going out and buying third party headphones. If you remove this jack then uh you, you know you're making your product worse you're making other people grumpy because they have to buy this thing for who knows how much as an adapter and then you're going to lose it and it's just you know there's too much pain there for what as caitlin said for a, a, an extra millimeter nah mm -mm. tell us how you really feel jason I'm angry about this. <laughs> oh. Yeah, I hate it. Uh, you know, I, I absolutely agree. I think uh, you you hit the nail on the head here. Uh, the fact, again, the fact is that this is that poor nail. <laughs> that, that, the nail is pounded. That nail to death is now. getting ruined today, <laughs> just like Cortana. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I would also be very upset by this. Now, I do have to say that I'm one of those terrible humans who listens to audio through my uh, iPhone speaker sometimes. Actually, more than sometimes. <laughs> Times. Uh, sorry, Marco. Um, and I have no problem with that. But and, and I've got a lot of Bluetooth devices, but it still doesn't change the fact that this is a port that's been around for so long. And again, there's so many things that use it. I can look around on my desk and see probably three different headphone jacks, you know, around somewhere. Mm -hmm. And I've got headphones upon headphones upon headphones scattered throughout the house that can plug into my iPhone, can plug into any number of devices. And so it, it just... It just worries me because I know, you know, Apple will will sometimes uh, pull the rug out from underneath us because it knows that underneath that rug is a soft pillow that is the future. <laughs> but I'm just asking Johnny Ive, please don't pull this rug out from underneath us. Yeah. Uh, oh, man. So there's a couple of reasons I think. I, I understand the the desire to do that. One is, hey, yes, Apple's bizarre fixation on making everything thinner. I agree with Caitlin. It doesn't need to be any thinner. At some point, it's just going to be razor sharp, and you're going to be cutting your hands on it. Um, 
I also wonder, there has also been rumors about them making the next iPhone waterproof, and I wonder if making eliminating the mm. headphone jack would make that more plausible. Um, that said, there are, I think, competing project, products from like Samsung and others that have waterproof you know, devices with a headphone jack, so I'm not sure that's sort of the weak point there. Um, but it might be another factor. Um, I think it's telling the fact that when they, you know, got rid of everything off the, uh, the new MacBook, except for that one USB-C port, there's also a headphone jack there, even though I think there were rumors at the time that they were going to nix it from that as well. And I think it's just like you guys said, it's got too much inertia. It's just too hard to get rid of because no matter how good Bluetooth headphones get, um, Honestly, they require batteries or power. They're clunky to pair right now still. And, you know, oftentimes the sound isn't as good. They're not as cheap. There isn't as wide a variety. There, there really isn't a replacement. I mean, and I think that's what you guys are all right about is that there's nothing that's like, hey, this is way better. You should be using this. The truth is the headphone jack is really good. It's a solid piece of, you know, machinery that's been around for a really long time. It may not be fantastic. There may be better ways to get sound, but nobody's shown a compelling argument for why. Uh, and as far as that goes, I think just, you know, I, I, I wonder how many people would avoid upgrading to a new iPhone if it didn't have a headphone jack. And I'm not speaking about all of us who would sort of sigh and go, well, I guess I'll buy an iPhone. But I think about friends I have who would just be like, that's insane. I'm not going to buy one of those. And I think that, you know, as much as Apple likes pushing things forward, I think it strongly has to consider that it would alienate a lot of potential customers by doing that. Thank you all, though. I appreciate your input on that. Uh, I think we have one topic left coming from Caitlin. Yes. So I'm not sure um, which carriers you guys all use, but AT&T this week said that they are going to raise the price of the grandfathered unlimited data plan from $30 to $35, which is making a lot of people really mad, including myself, but I'll share my thoughts at the very end. Um, so I wanted to know what you guys think of this change, what, what unlimited data should cost, in your opinion, and if any of you are affected and what you think about it. Uh, I'm not affected because I, I upgraded away from the plan um, because I felt like I, some people really cling to the unlimited data thing. And I, and I get it, but I, I think that the other plans are reasonable with reasonable amounts of data. And so I'm fine with it. Um, th then again, lifetime unlimited data is the thing that uh, they sold. And if you want to keep taking advantage of it, it makes sense. But I'm pretty sure they didn't say unlimited and we'll never raise the price because that doesn't ever happen with prices. So I think it's fair. I, I, it's not like they doubled the price as a way to sweat these people out. I think it's a it's a reasonable amount. They haven't raised the price in what seven years, something like that. I mean, it's been there. I think it's I think it's fair. Um, the days of totally unlimited data are over, at least for now. Maybe they'll come back at some point. But um, their their uh, metering is sort of where it's at. That's the way to do it. It's all about how much data you use, and I, I don't think it's an unreasonable thing um, to pick your data allotment and uh, yeah sometimes it's annoying when you know you're almost at the end of the billing month and you hit 100 and you have to you know spend some extra money but I, I'm, I'm okay with it I think that it is uh, a small group of diehard people who have got the unlimited plan and bless their hearts but uh, you know all of the rest of us get get fee hikes and uh, I guess you get them too 
I don't believe in unlimited. Uh, anytime I hear that word, I just kind of nod my head and say, okay, whatever, because everybody said, it seems like all of these different companies have said unlimited for different things. And then it ends up being that, oh, we were talking about, you know, limited unlimited. And so this didn't surprise me. Uh, however, a $5 hike is not too terribly much. And if you were on the grandfathered plan and, and, you know, adding $5 to the bill. Yes, that's $5. But it could be more, I guess is what I'm getting at. And the fact that you do get to, to keep this unlimited plan. Now, um, I too have, I don't think I've ever actually been blessed with being on a limited unlimited plan. But um, I think that $35 is a reasonable price to have unlimited data, um, especially as all of these companies continue to move so far away from this. I, Microsoft, for example, recently did it and said, uh, yeah, everybody was using our unlimited plan unlimited and so <laughs> let's uh, let's go ahead and not let that be the case anymore. It just it, it doesn't surprise me. I guess is what it boils down to. There's no such thing as an unlimited lunch, as they say. Uh, I you know I I think. I don't want to be so harsh as to say, quit your whining, but I kind of do at the same time. Um, I mean, I'm paying well over $35 right now for a, for a limited data plan, so $35 does not seem terribly onerous to me. I switched away from an unlimited plan years ago when I think you needed to do so in order to enable tethering, which they then dropped as a requirement later on. Uh, and, you know, it's definitely sucked at times. I've definitely gone over. I've paid money when I've gone over, and it's been frustrating. Um, that said, I, I think that, you know, if you're willing to if you've got the benefit of sticking with that unlimited plan which is no longer offered then you know paying a modest increase is probably not ridiculous because as jason said prices go up and that's what they do um and, and like micah said you know the uh, it's never really unlimited it's unlimited asterisk so you know there there's always a caveat there there's always a catch um you know my girlfriend has t-mobile which has like some you know crazy unlimited plans but even those get throttled after a certain amount of time so right. yeah i i don't think there's any such thing as an unlimited data plan really but if you've got the benefits of the one that's already out there paying another five dollars a month doesn't seem terribly onerous to me so that's the boat I'm in. I do have the unlimited plan, and I've been clinging to it since I bought my first iPhone <laughs> many years ago. And um, every time I upgrade, I, I think about getting a, a different plan, a cheaper plan, or just, you know, I probably, I don't even need unlimited, limited data. Um, I don't use a ton, but it's just nice to know that I can't go over any limit. I mean, I, I hit five gigs and they throttled me, but now it's 22 gigs and I feel like I'll never hit that. So <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll see. But, um, I, I think I'm going to cling to it for a, a while longer. Um, I feel like they're trying to force me to switch to a different plan, but $35 is still a really good deal. So I haven't found anything better, but I also haven't looked into it that much. So maybe there's something else out there for me when I upgrade next year. Yeah, it's it's hard to let go. Uh, even even if you don't use it, you're like, but but then I'll never have to worry about it. There's something about not having that anxiety there that is uh, it's a, it's a nice thing to have. No bonus topic this week, but we've got two more shows left for 2015. If you would like to suggest perhaps a topic or a bonus topic for one of those two shows, we would like to listen. It might be a fun little holiday treat. Send your topic suggestions to clockwise pod that is on twitter at clockwise 
pod. Or you can reach me, Jay Snell, at sixcolors.com if you want to do it that way. But Twitter would be the best way. Well, we have reached the end. We have talked about four topics uh, and we survived to, to tell the tale. <laughs> Uh, Micah Sargent, thank you so much for being on. I should say, in addition to CartoonCast, you're the co-host of of Integrate. Yes. And uh, a senior editor at Newsy. Anything else I should plug? Nope, that'll take care of it. Thank you, Jason. Awesome. And Caitlin McGarry from Macworld, thank you so much for being back on. It was a pleasure. Thanks. Always great to be here. It's nice to talk to Caitlin. We don't get to do that as much as we used to, so it's nice to do it. (laughs) Pleasure to meet you, Caitlin. Yeah, this was a lot of fun. And Dan, uh, we made it to the end. Hooray. Another successful podcast. Nobody died. That's why that's I take, right. I'll take it as a win. <laughs> well, you're going to flip the sign over. No, no, no workplace accidents yeah, in been five days. At yeah. least at least a week since we killed our last panelist. Yeah. Yeah. You're not supposed to talk about that. Dan. Sorry. <clears throat> Legal issues. Anyway, uh, thanks to everybody out there for listening to Clockwise. We'll see you next week. And until then, we remind you, watch what you say. And keep watching the clock. Bye, everybody. Bye.